Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I cannot be singing. 
But that's why I do a wrestling podcast. I don't do an American Idol podcast. But you know what you should do? You should call and keep me company. We do have open line, 718-766-4886, and I've got a caller already. Yikes, that was quick. What's going on, Pete? Not much. Who's this and where are you calling from? The best poster ever in crap hole history. It's old man Bob Holly. Holy guacamole. How are you doing tonight, Bob? Doing pretty good, Pete. How you been doing, man? I am good, thank you. What would you think of the show? Well, I didn't actually see it, but I saw the results, and seems like a typical WWE pay-per-view to me, man. I'll be I mean, honest. I was surprised I'd... by a couple of, couple of matches, but mm-hmm. I didn't expect AJ honest. to win. Mm-hmm. I think I was thinking Nikki Bella was going to win, and then they were going to do the Bella feud over the title. That's um, what I was expecting. Really, there was a lot of good wrestling on the show. Um, as long as you ignore a lot of the announcing and um, ignore Twitter, because if you read Twitter, this was the worst show of all time. But I don't know. I personally enjoyed it for the most part. Well, the and, thing I figured out, I found out with the announcing is here's the trick to enjoy the announcing on WWE programming. You turn it over to the take, Spanish announcers, and it's a lot better. I and I don't speak a word thought, Spanish. That might be more interesting. Uh, or maybe it, the French announcers. I, I don't know if they have a French button, at least not on my uh, network option, but I'll have to check that. Florida-Georgia line uh, did were announcing one of the matches, and for it was it was the Miz-Dolph uh, match. The match mm-hmm. went 10-15 minutes, and they probably spent 10 minutes of it talking about country music, and I hate country music. I really do. Well, see, the thing is, the Florida Georgia Line is not even country music. It's pop country. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's not real country yeah. music. Mm-hmm. And, you know, JBL and Lawler, who get all their references from the 60s, it, it was the best match of the night for them because, you know, they are talking to people who knew what the hell they were talking about. <laughs> you know, what happened to good announcing in WWE? They haven't had it for quite a while now. Well... JR got uh, fired because Ric Flair's a drunk, and which is just amazing. What's well, amazing uh, that Ric Flair's a drunk, or amazing that they no, finally no, fired JR? It's amazing they fired JR because he couldn't control Ric Flair being Ric Flair. Who can Ric Flair can't even control himself? How do they expect anybody else to control him? He, he was more of a scapegoat. Mark Henry let the USA down. I. Uh, I've renounced my U.S. citizenship. I think I need to move to Russia, or at least Bulgaria, because, you know, that's where... Going back to the announcing, like, twice tonight, Michael Cole made fun of people who were paying full price for the show. And I'm like... Like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Okay, Okay, you want them to subscribe to the network, fine. But you're getting... Instead of getting... 95% 95% of $10, you're getting 40% of $55. And I don't feel like doing the math, but 40% of 55 bucks is a lot more than the 9 bucks they're getting from each network subscriber. Yeah, I would figure it was. I mean, I went to school, public school in Mississippi, so my math skills suck, but I'm pretty sure it is a lot better. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I, and, uh, he, he said it twice, and I'm like, why the fuck did he say it twice? And between that and just plugging Diet Mountain Dew, despite nobody ever taking a sip until almost the very end of the show when the king finally felt guilty and took a mouthful, 
camera? I'm like, of all the guys who drink soda, the guy who had a heart attack on television, he should be drinking it. Well, question real quick. Have you ever tried sure. Diet Mountain Dew? I did. It is... Uh, it's, exactly. Honestly, That's why they probably weren't drinking it. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. So out of all, all the diet sodas out there, that's probably one of the better tasting diet sodas, in you my opinion. You know what the best one is so far that I've tried is Diet Barks Root Beer. I never tried that. Did you ever try um, Diet Cherry Vanilla Dr. Pepper? I don't drink I just Dr. Thought, Pepper because I found out one of the well, ingredients is, and I don't like drinking back guano. Okay, well, I should probably not promote this stuff then, but like I remember, I don't know, I don't even know if they still make it, but they used to, and it was really good, mm-hmm. and it was an actual diet soda, so. I'm, I've cut out soda pretty much, so, so but yeah. I, uh, I question real quick. Out, mm-hmm. What was what was on the pre-show stuff? That's the only thing I haven't uh, heard. It was 50 minutes of nothing, and then uh, Christian did the peep show with Jericho, and uh, let's see here. Randy Orton called them Terrence and Phillip. I know South Park is still on the air, but really that's a 1998 reference at best. Hey, you should have called them and, Julian and Ricky. Yeah, they, uh, uh, Jericho and Christian argued over who the leader of their team was when they were a team. The only thing I remember their team for was ass cream. I was like, I don't even remember them tagging up. Damn. They were actually champions for like two months. They beat Now, was this before King. or after Benoit went nuts? Oh, before, long before. This was 02. Okay. Um, okay. They, beat, they beat Kane and Hurricane for the belts. Kane and Hurricane have the titles? Yes. Wow. Yes. I don't remember that either. <laughs> it, it's best to be forgotten. It was when Kane, uh, it was during the Un-Americans angle, because Kane came back from an elbow injury, and mm-hmm. so he came back and he won the tag belts with Hurricane, and then he won the Intercontinental title. And then in six days, he lost the tag belts, and then he merged the IC title with Triple H, when Triple H beat him for that when he was world champion. I remember that angle, but I don't remember the tag stuff. Okay. Dude, your, your memory of this stuff blows my mind. I got a question now. You know, everybody's brains can only hold so much information. Is yours like 80% <laughs> full of wrestling trivia? More than likely, yes. I, I, I wonder <laughs> what I wonder what information I don't know, because I know Kane and the Hurricane uh, won the World Tag Team titles once. Uh, you probably forgot the combination to your locker in high school, uh, mm-hmm. how to tie your shoes, and... Which way your belt goes on your pants? I knew I was doing something wrong. But actually, the funny story about the locker in high school, uh, we had two different buildings in our high school. And Mm -hmm. for some reason, the brilliant people at my high school always made sure that my locker was as far away from all my classes as possible. So I just never went to my locker. That's what they did to me, and I never used mine the three years I was there. And uh, whatchamacallit, uh, our school was too poor, so most of our classes, we didn't have enough books for everyone to take a book home with them. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there were, like everyone would share the books through each class. And so, I mean, I never had any books. I just had to carry on whatever notebooks I had. But yeah, fine. but the way ours was, I carried, like, a notebook, a Walkman, and this is how long I was in high school, a Walkman with cassettes, mm-hmm. and, you know, whatever, like a pack of cigarettes. That's all I carried around. I never smoked, so I never had to worry about the pack of cigarettes. I was well, see, the gum. Dude, I was in school so long ago you could still smoke on premises off and on. <laughs> I was the gum and pen person. I always had gum and I always had pens, so of course 
everyone came to me for that, and it got to the point where I wouldn't have any for myself. Did you carry and, the pins around in your amazing hair? No, sadly. Uh, and thank you, by the way. My hair is amazing. I don't care what everyone else says. Well, you got kind hair, man. You got the kind of grooves on my ass. Wow. Sorry. You're, 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 you're lucky uh, I don't mute you for that one. <laughs> oh, so what would you uh, give the pay-per-view overall out of 10? Uh, oh, out of 10? Um, I'd give it an 8. Um, mm-hmm. I'll, get, I'll get into a little bit more later, but the Brock Cena match was, compl- I don't want to say completely different, but it was... Mm-hmm. Different enough from SummerSlam, they didn't think you were watching a repeat because they okay. built on all those spots. I don't know if you watched SummerSlam, but yes, uh, I did. Okay, you know at the beginning when Cena ran wild and then Brock F5 them in 30 seconds. Yeah, they did that backwards. Brock huh. ran wild and then Cena A8 him in 30 seconds. No one believed it was the finish, but unlike SummerSlam, but they worked off that. Uh, Brock didn't just easily suplex Cena; it was a work to suplex Cena and. Uh, okay. final, and yeah, then finally, uh, Cena had to give Brock four AAs. He put him in the STF three times before it was even a threat that Brock was going to lose. Huh. I heard something about Brock got his nose busted open. Um, he, yeah, he caught an elbow. Um, it, it like barely bled. Um, and that was it for that. Uh, there was actually one other great spot in the Orton Jericho match. Um, uh, Orton hit whatever, and he was going for the RKO, and mm-hmm. they it was the smoothest code break you've ever seen in your life. Like normally, that's a very contrived looking move, right. but like Orton's there, and like he, I don't say he jumped for the RKO, obviously, but he went for the motion, about to jump, and Jericho hit him with the code breaker, and the whole place was like he won, Jericho won, but it's Jericho's last night, so what's he gonna do? Yeah. I knew, I mean, that's one going in. Most people that, you know, read anything online knew Jericho was more than likely going to lose. Now, I've been told the highlight of the night was this really short cutoff short that AJ was wearing. They were very nice. But I just been watching. um, We're doing Insurrection 2000 on uh, Wednesday, and so I was Mm -hmm. watching the first hour or so of that, and they did an arm wrestling match with Miss Kitty and Terry Runnels. Oh, shit. After, After watching that... I wasn't as much uh, into seeing AJ because AJ's very pretty, but Miss Kitty, and you know it's England, so they ripped Miss Kitty's top off, and she wasn't wearing a bra. And mm. by, by the way, I did laugh. The rating for Insurrection 2000 on the network, TVPG. <laughs> Not surprised. Well, what are they rating? You've got the network. What are they rating the Attitude Era Raw? Fourteen. Okay. Um, that makes I, sense. There's, a, there's a couple shows. I think one is Starcade '85 because there's so much blood in almost every match. Mm-hmm. Um, that TVMA, and mm-hmm. there's I think some ECW shows are MA, but most are either 14 or PG. Okay. No, yeah, I don't no. have the network basically because I'm on a data cap here, and uh-huh. really, like I was telling somebody earlier, all the WWF pay-per-views I want to see, I already own. All the WCW, WCW ones I want to see, I already own. And same thing for ECW. If the network added, like, you know, you know what I'm into. If they added Florida and uh-huh. Texas and all that, I'd get. Uh-huh. It. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting here like I honestly half the time I don't know why I, I'm subscribed to the network. I have every. WWE, WCW, ECW, and TNA pay-per-view on DVD 
in my folder of DVDs. Like the only thing, like I swear, I pay ten dollars a month to watch NXT and to watch the pay-per-views as they happen. Which, yeah. in my in my mind, it's almost worth it just for that. Yeah, yeah. Because NXT, I'm actually going to have to start watching again soon because I think you know about this. Well, one of the local wrestlers from my area just got signed to NXT. Cool. Buku Dow. Well, and this look guy, if you haven't, if you haven't seen this guy yet, he's like Ray Mysterio was ten years ago before his knees went to powder. But he's even yeah. shorter than Ray. The dude is a legit five foot tall. It sounds like Mikey Bats. Although I don't know how Mikey Bats' aerial tactics were, but he was five feet tall. I remember when he was signed. They actually signed him. They were gonna, when they had the midget division on SmackDown. They oh were God. Have him be, yeah. Well, this guy. Um, just boot, search for Buku down on YouTube. He's got plenty of matches up. The guy has just oozes charisma. Mm-hmm. And the best thing I've ever seen him did, uh, matter of fact, another guy from the crap hole, Heart Hit Fan. Mm-hmm. Him and I went to a show in Picayune, Mississippi, which is a little tiny ass town. There's a show in a strip mall, in a strip yep. mall church. Hmm. And during the during, there's like 200 people there, 100 kids. During a match, Buku Dow's got all the kids chanting his name, and the kids are really into it. Well, the people don't know what his name means. It's Vietnamese slang yeah. for suck my. <laughs> After the show, he pulls me to the side. He's like. That was funny as hell. I was like, yeah, it was. He goes, man, I'm probably going to hell, but just think about it. I just got 100 kids to chant that in the middle of a church. <laughs> I was going to say, before you told me what that meant, I was going to tell you, well, I'm still going to tell you the story, but I was at a show in the parking lot of a bowling alley, and maybe 50 people, maybe 60 mm-hmm. are there, and they have the hardcore tag team match. It's like 2007, so it's long past the ECW era, so... This is stuff is passe, but in front of 50 people, they've got the table out there, and they wrap in a barbed wire, and they throw thumbtacks on it. And, I, and like, I'm standing right there. Like, the table is there, then the barricade, then I'm standing right there. And I'm thinking, I hope to God I don't get hit with something right now. And <laughs> the, the only thing missing on the thing was fire. And I'm like, and, of course, somebody went through it. And I, all I'm thinking is, I doubt you're making gas money to go home. And you just did all that shit to please 50 people in front of... A bowling alley. Yeah. Well, that's the guys you know are really doing it for the love of the sport because they're not making any money. I don't know how it is in your area, but I know around where I live, most of these guys, they're lucky if they make 10 bucks. Oh, yeah. And that ain't gas. Um, that's I'm, what, three gallons of gas? Yeah, yeah if that at this point. Uh, yeah. this is, uh In my area, we've gotten, well, we had Matt Taven, and uh, Mike Bennett is here all the time, Brutal Bob mm-hmm. Evans. And I was talking to, I think it was Taven a few years ago before he even made it to ROH. And we were basically talking about how he's making almost nothing to do these local shows, but he's doing it because A, he loves wrestling, and B, to get his name out there. And it worked exactly. then. Yeah. Well, like around he, here, the he, only people that wrestle around here people would ever heard of is Luke Hawks and then um, Bordell Walker. Matter of fact, speaking of Bordell, he was on the pay per view tonight. He was. He was one of the security guards. One of the security got people holding back Ambrose. Ah, see, I know. Big guy that looks like a muscled up version of Maven. That's Wardell Walker. I, I didn't he do? T, he did some TNA jobs. He did like, some I TNA remember the stuff. name. He did yeah. some TNA stuff, and then he was in Ring of Honor. Something okay. happened that I can't go into between him and Samoa Joe, and he got let go from Ring of Honor. Oh, and that's why he's never went back to TNA because there's heat between him and Samoa Joe. Uh, that's just great. Um, and the guy's, yeah. the guy's good, and the thing I love about him is he knows how to get a crowd behind him. Like, there's a show in my little town 
about two months ago. Nobody in the audience knew who the hell Vordell Walker was besides like the five of us, you know, smarks sitting out in the yeah. audience. Yeah. Within three minutes, he had the entire crowd chanting for him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hopefully he gets signed, and, you know, we'll see what happens. Like, they've got so many people in NXT. People don't realize that, yeah, we only see 10 to 20 people on the show, but they right. have over 100 people in developmental. There has to be. Oh, and, yeah, please. And they're signing like, more and more constantly. Yeah, like Sammy Callahan, who my brother Brian is always on here praising, and rightfully so, he'll never, oh, yeah. well, he's never been on the show yet. And they've changed, I had to laugh because in The Observer a few weeks ago, uh, Dave wrote uh, that Triple H told Sammy Callahan he's no longer a heel, he's now a babyface, or one or the other. He's either he's now a heel or now a babyface. And I started laughing, I'm like, he's never even on TV, how the hell are we now assigning him if he's a babyface or heel? Or yeah. And what is his name in NXT? Like Solomon Crow uh, or some crap? Yeah, yeah, Solomon Crow. I always forget it until someone else says it. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Solomon Crow. And That's why it surprised me when his uh, his girlfriend got signed to TNA just recently. Is his, is his girlfriend, what's her name? No, Havoc. Or his Just like Havoc, Havoc, yeah. Okay. Who, I thought I it was, really... uh... Are you still there? Yeah. Okay. I'm really surprised she didn't get signed to WWE because she could fill in that role that Karma had as the big, you know, tough woman that beats the shit out of everybody. I don't think they really want that. Like, they did it to Karma because Karma was special, and then, of course, what happened happened with her. And right. But, like, it... If you notice, it's not really a role that they have. Like with Beth Phoenix, I think she did an interview once, and WWE seemed to change their mind on a weekly basis to her. They'd either want her to be the strong, powerful diva that's going to kick the shit out of all the Barbie girls, or they, and then they wanted her to lose weight, lose muscle mass, and be a Barbie girl. Like yeah. just go back and forth. And that's, I, I bet if Karma would have been, if, if Karma ever would have come back, that's what it would have been with her. It was, well, lose weight, we want you to be. We want you to be more feminine, more of a closer to a Barbie girl. Obviously, Karma's her size is just never going to make. She's never going to be a Barbie girl, even if she loses a hundred pounds. Yeah. Uh, but, and have you seen her recently? She's lost a lot of weight and gotten in, you know, for her really good shape. Well, that's really good to hear. And hopefully, you know, she can. I don't. I don't know if she even wrestles. I'm sure. I guess she does. But uh, hopefully, she gets everything back on track and. I think she's Maybe. been doing a little work for Sean down in Florida, but I'm not sure on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe one day we'll have that death match between her and Bubba the Love Sponge. Oh, God. Bubba the Love Sponge. That just sounds like a bad contraceptive. <laughs> so like some redneck contraceptive, you know, they sell in, like, Bubba's bait shop. Hey, don't yeah. get your woman pregnant. Get the love sponge. Wow. I hope, I really hope he's not actually listening because that sounds like the kind of thing he would do. Who? Uh, Bubba the Love Sponge. He'd put out contraceptives. Uh, Who knows, man? He might be listening to your show to get ideas for his own wrestling federation. I'm sure he is. And Bubba, if you're listening, I know I just made fun of you. Call in. That's right. uh, Call in so I can make fun of you. Exactly. 718-766-4886. Um, well, i got to get going, because we're 30 minutes into the show, and much like how we normally are on the show, we haven't talked about rest. Well, we haven't talked about the show that we're meant to talk about yet, uh, so i got to let you go yeah. and get going. I was going to say, I'm getting ready to let you go, man, because i got to go take a big shit. <laughs> you, you listen to our show often, don't you? Yes, I do. There we go. Well, take care, 
Thanks for uh, calling you be in. Safe. And Not a problem, Pete. You too. Bye. And there we go. Huh, 25 minutes in the show, and here we are to talk about finally United Champions. Um, and, by the way, I am serious. Call in 718-766-4886. We'll make the show go 90 minutes with only just me and Knight of Champions to talk about. Um, now, uh, as we all know, Roman Reigns, he had a uh, his hernia operation over the weekend, and one of the people considered to replace him in the Seth Rollins match was Big Show, but Big Show was doing the pre-show panel, and that probably meant he wasn't going to be wrestling, and he didn't. Uh, but that's the last time we saw him, and we'll get to that later. Um, I talked about the Peep Show. They held it off until 7.50, which shows you how important it is. Um, Orton, in addition to calling them Terrence and Philip, also called them Brad and Angelina. So I don't, I don't know who's writing these promos. I know, I know it's a staff of people, but there are couples of, in 2014. Hell, you wouldn't have been that far off to call them Justin and Selena, for the love of Christ. Just move into this year. I swear, uh, this shit changes. Um, well, we go on to the show. Usos and the Dusts for the tag titles. I, re- I really want to like Cody Rhodes. He's one of those guys that ever since about 2009, 2010, right after Legacy broke up, he start he really started taking off and showing that he's a guy to be reckoned with and felt like in three or four years this guy's Maybe not be world champion, but he's going to be up there. And he's going to be near the main event. And he's just been given shitty gimmick after shitty gimmick after shitty gimmick. Now he's doing Stardust, which is just ridiculous and just isn't working. I mean, it was just a year ago uh, they had the gimmick where he got fired by the authority. And then he was rehired. And him and Goldust, they were the first two people to beat the Shield. They beat the Shield not just once. They beat them twice. And now a year later, here they are back in the mid-card. Um, positives, I did like the Goldust Stardust face paint. Um, as If you haven't seen the show, Stardust always does the gold face paint with a black star on it. Well, Goldust this time, I don't know how long he's been doing this. He may have done it on SmackDown or on Raw when I wasn't paying attention. But uh, Goldust had, the, had a full black paint on his face with a gold star. I just thought that was cool and wanted to mention it. Um, someone on Twitter noted that the Cosmic Key was really Naomi's ass, and if that was the case, I'd be all over the Cosmic Key. But I got a feeling it has nothing to do with uh, Naomi's ass. It probably has to do with the tag titles. And, well, the Rhodes brothers won. Um, it was They did a bunch of schoolboy and roll-up finishes tonight, um, this was the first one, and Stardust pinned one of the Usos with the schoolboy when uh, the Uso went up for the Superfly Splash, but Cody got his knees up. Um, and someone was bleeding. Everyone was wearing face paint, and I could not tell you who was bleeding, but the referee had his gloves on that they always put on when someone's uh, wearing the crimson mask. And it was probably one of the Usos, to be honest, but... It, it, couldn't even see it and couldn't even tell who uh, who it was. Um, Dolph Ziggler cut a promo saying he has the best stunt double in the business, meaning R-Truth, and being the Intercontinental Champion is more important than being an A-list actor. You know, as long as Dolph thinks so. 
I bet the pay isn't com- isn't close to being comparable, but as long as Dolph enjoys being champion or enjoyed being champion. Um, Sheamus and Cesaro. Um, I mentioned this before. Michael Cole made fun of people twice tonight who paid $55 to watch the show on pay-per-view. I, I know that we're supposed to get everyone buying the network, but that was just ridiculous. It's like, don't make fun of the people who... Like, you have to be hardcore first to buy the network. Like, those are probably your most hardcore fans. But just to step underneath them are the people who are paying $55 to buy the pay-per-view on traditional means. And to be honest, tonight I had no problems with the stream. I know some people had problems during the tag match, but I had no problems with the stream. But how often have I sat here and bitched about the WWE Network stream? Perhaps WWE should make sure that thing runs smoothly for a few shows in a row, a few months in a row, before they start uh, telling off the cable companies who are bothered left to put the damn show on the screen. Because DirecTV doesn't put on the pay-per-views anymore. Dish Network doesn't put on pay-per-views anymore. Um, But let's throw all the cable companies uh, under the bus who do. Um, On on Twitter, Tyler Breeze of NXT predicted a a victory for someone named Casero. C-A-S-E-R-O. Don't know who the hell that is, but Casero did not win. And uh, this is Night of Champions. I'm going to be on a night of rants, it looks like, because my next note is about the U.S. title. Has the U.S. title ever meant less uh, than in the last two years, especially since Dean Ambrose won it? I mean, there was even the storyline that, towards the end of Ambrose's reign, that Ambrose never defended the title. Um, This is actually the first time since payback that Sheamus has had a pay-per-view title defense. And I actually had to look it up because I didn't think... Uh, he'd even had a title defense on pay-per-view yet. And you know who he wrestled at payback? Cesaro. The same person who wrestled tonight. Um, and, of course, they they did have an awesome match. Uh, but I did note that since Extreme Rules of 2013, which is when uh, Dean Ambrose beat Kofi for the U.S. title, they've had, I think, 18 pay-per-views in that time, and only five times has the title been defended on pay-per-view, and they did do one pre-show match, SummerSlam of last year, when Ambrose took on RVD. Um, since then, they had a non-promoted uh, Night of Champions 2013 match with Dolph. Like, obviously, if you go on WWE.com, I'm sure it was mentioned there. Um, or it just made sense because they were doing a little bit of a storyline. But they never mentioned that match once on TV up until it happened. And then they had a bonus match at Hell in a Cell last year with Ambrose and Biggie. So Ambrose's entire title reign, which lasted 12 months, well, three weeks short of 12 months, he had one promoted match in any of that time, and that was a pre-show match with Van Dam. And this is now Sheamus' second uh, title defense. And I'm sure, much like when Ambrose lost to the title, everyone's like, oh, what a great title reign Ambrose has had. Ambrose defended the title five fucking times. Sheamus defended the title. I don't remember the last time he defended it on Raw, you know, if you would have told me he's never defended the title on TV, including pay-per-views, before I looked that up, I would have believed you. But, I i mean, it's crazy. If the title doesn't mean anything, put it on somebody who doesn't mean shit. Like, put it on fucking Heath Slater. Sheamus is one of those guys, you know, they gave up on making him a main eventer for some reason, but 
because you know Sheamus is really good. I know a lot of people don't like him because uh, he's Triple H's workout buddy, blah 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 blah. Um, but you know he's he's a really good wrestler. He has he's a lot of really good matches, and I know people disagree with that, but I'm sorry, he's had some really great matches. But don't put the U.S. title on him and then do nothing with it. Don't put the U.S. title on uh, Dean Ambrose and do nothing with it. Put the fucking U.S. title back on Kofi. Kofi hasn't been on fucking TV in a month either, so put the fucking U.S. title on him. I- I'm sure that would be great for that. Um, this, you know, this was the story of the show. The match went slowly, um, but it really uh, developed into a really good match there at the end. Um, they... It was I don't want to say it was a heel crowd, but it was a pro Cesaro crowd and uh but towards the end the crowd popped for everything, including the finish. Um Cesaro was just beating him down to the corner and beating him and beating him, beating him. And the referee kept pulling him off and Cesaro just going and beat him and beat him up and beat him up beat him up some more and the referee would pull him off. I think the third time he did it, the referee pulled him off and Sheamus hit the broke kick, quote unquote, out of nowhere, and literally fell on top of Cesaro's limp body for the victory. Um, Mark Henry was backstage stretching, doing whatever, standing around looking mean, and Big Show walked in and gave him a pep talk. I was confident this meant Big Show was turning heel. I was wrong, but I was pretty sure that's where it was going. Um, Chris Jericho and Heath Slater came out. Well, it wasn't really Chris Jericho and Heath Slater. It was Florida Georgia Line, um, and they announced that they're going to be part of, and I quote, the honoring the troops thing in December. And then it got pushed down our throats a dozen times in the next 15 minutes. They meant tribute to the troops. But thankfully, uh, you know, they're going to be at honoring the troops thing, which is going to be forever the name of that show to me. Um, and so we led to the Intercontinental title, Dolph defending against The Miz. I wrote this in all caps. No one gave two shits about this match. No one. As I mentioned earlier when uh, Bob was on the show, the announcement was all about country music. They just kept talking on and on and on about fucking country music until they finally got to the finish of the match. Um, I did note that the guy who looked like Jericho was more looking like if Jericho and Seth Green had a baby. That was closer to what uh, the second guy looked like, but the first guy was all Heath Slater. Um, the fans really didn't give a crap until Florida Georgia Line got up out of the announce table and beat up Sandow, who was at ringside. Uh, Truth and Sandow ran to the back, and then Sandow ran back out um, to distract Dolph when Dolph hit a uh, Famouser, and so Miz with the roll-up and a handful of tights, and Miz won the championship. I believe they said for the fourth time, which I know it. Ha- I know it's probably right. And I mean, if I think about it, yes, it is right. But Kurt Hennig, Mr. Perfect, was a two-time Intercontinental Champion, and he had that storyline going into SummerSlam '93. I remember this 21 years later of the storyline that Kurt Hennig wanted to be the first three-time Intercontinental Champion. And, of course, he came up short, and Razor Ramon eventually was the first three-time and the first four-time Intercontinental Champion. That was a big deal when he was the first four-time Intercontinental Champion. Miz won the for the fourth time tonight, and I was confident that Michael Cole had fucked up because Miz couldn't possibly have won the title four times. He did. So, 
But we did get to see Sad Dolph Face, which Dolph breaks out now every time he loses on pay-per-view, which I guess is better than when he was just not on pay-per-view and we didn't get to see Sad Dolph Face. Um, it's an hour and three minutes into the show. Not this show. The uh, um, Night of Champions show. It's almost an hour and three minutes into this show, too. But uh, um, they finally mentioned Roman Reigns' injury um, and his surgery. You know, at first, you know, because WWE.com is the one who breaks it. And when WWE.com breaks something, you sort of take it with a grain of salt. So at first, I'm like, you know, I feel bad for him if it's true, but I'm sort of like waiting for actual confirmation before uh, thinking that it's not a work. Um, Seth Rollins, and of course it's not a work, but Seth Rollins came out and announced that emergency surgery is no excuse for not showing up tonight. That That's just one of those great lines that's going to live up with Eugene asking Muhammad Hassan if he doesn't like midgets. That makes me wonder how people kept a straight face. Um, Seth did announce that he's giving Roman Reigns the count of 10 to come out and wrestle, or he would claim victory by forfeit, and that led to the match of Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns, which went 35 seconds because Charles Robinson is really slow at counting to 10. And Rollins... did. Here's the question. Did Rollins win by countout or did he win by forfeit? Forfeit would just imply that, you know, the, uh, of course, Ro- uh, Roman did not show up and uh, didn't wrestle, which is the case, but you don't really ring the bell and announce, okay, here's the match, and count to ten, and then, oh, ding, ding, ding. Like, look at Sensational Sherry and Sapphire at SummerSlam 90. They just gave Sapphire one minute to get to the ring, and if she didn't, she'd lose, and she didn't. Now, it would have been sort of ridiculous if Seth Rollins had sat here and said, Roman Reigns, I'm giving you one minute to get your butt to this ring or you're going to lose by forfeit, but they didn't have to ring the freaking bell. I know, I'm being nitpicky. That's just me. Um, after the match, after his grueling, his grueling 35-second match against Roman Reigns, uh, Seth uh, made an open challenge to anyone. And, uh, you know, I was thinking to myself, you know, I don't know if, you know, Seth can go twice. Turns out he almost went three times tonight. But uh, out came, up drove a taxi cab. We know this taxi cab had the best timing in the world. It got to the arena just as Seth Rollins was issuing an open challenge. And who's in the taxi cab? Dean Ambrose. And talk about great timing. The WWE production staff also had Ambrose's theme music and Titantron queued up. So, you know... Somebody was tipped off, I'm thinking. But, you know, the... uh, And then Dean Ambrose ran down. And if you remember Battleground, Ambrose and Rollins fought... Instead of having a match, Ambrose and Rollins fought all over the freaking arena and whatnot and, you know, led to another match at SummerSlam. Copy, paste, repeat right here because that's basically what happened this time. They did not have a match, uh, but they did fight all over the arena. Ambrose got a pop coming out. I was I don't say I was disappointed in his pop. I was expecting but I was expecting something much bigger and maybe that's just I shouldn't be I shouldn't have expected a larger pop. Um Joey Mercury, Jamie Noble, Fit Finley and Vordell Walker were among the people who ran out to try to uh break this up. And uh WWE had hired teenage production staff for the night as uh I believe Rollins was trying to give Ambrose a pile driver on the cement floor, and Ambrose backdropped Rollins, 
But instead of seeing that, we saw Triple H and Steph sauntering out and ordering uh, security out there to get them. Um, but by the way, Steph looked phenomenal tonight. But, you know, maybe it'll be news when Steph doesn't look phenomenal. Um, I'm thinking, you know, I think, and a lot of people are agreeing, well, at least after this match, it seemed Hell in a Cell, Ambrose Rollins, inside the cage. And I think it would be a hell of a, hell of a match. Or obviously, it would be a hell of a match, but I think of all the matches that they have that can be in the cell, that's number one. Cena Brock is number two, but it, you know, it's number two. Cena, uh, Ambrose versus Rollins, that's your number one Hell in a Cell match. And I know they're not going to get the main event slot, especially if they do Cena Brock and Rollins Ambrose, but it really should be the number one match next month. Um, it was just a really well played out angle. And, you know, they've been feuding now for, you know, by the time Hell in a Cell rolls around, it's really only going to be four and a half months since The Shield broke up, and it seems like it's been so much longer. But it is better than the usual rush WWE angle of they fought this month, and they fought in three weeks, and they fought three weeks later, where they've now fought three times at two different gimmick matches, and six weeks have passed. So kudos for that, at least. Um, Rusev versus Mark Henry. Um, Lillian sang the national anthem, which made Mark Henry cry, um, which I made sure to note that Mark Henry hasn't cried this much since he was given the finish of the match five hours earlier. Um, This match, you know, Rusev had really good matches with Big E, and he had a good match with Swagger eventually. Um, But, you know... So I'm going to blame Mark Henry for this. This match was not very good. I mean, it was okay. There have definitely been worse Mark Henry matches. But Rusev has hit, I don't want to say home run, but Rusev has hit has very good matches almost every month on pay-per-view. And the one time he doesn't, he's in there with Mark Henry. I blame Mark Henry. Um, someone keeps shrinking Lana's suits. Not that that's a bad thing. She has the body to show off. Um, Rusev has a present. You know, there's just something about him. And, you know, I know he's being set up to be John Cena's, uh, uh, to be John Cena's bitch in a couple of months. But, you know, there's just something about him. And honestly, until he gets a, uh, a finisher that results in a pinfall, I do not believe he'll ever beat John Cena. At least until they have a last man standing match, because John Cena almost never wins last man standing. Um... And uh, Jerry Lawler during the show said, Mark Henry brings a lot to the table, but, and I said, too bad, he eats all of it. Pot calling the kettle black right there. Um, They did do a couple of really good spots. Henry did hit the world's strongest slam, but Rusev rolled outside, which is, you know, that's one thing I like about Rusev. I don't know if anyone's ever covered him. I'm sure they have. I'm sure someone will be like, oh, what do you mean, Emerson? He got covered five times at SummerSlam last month. Every time anyone ever hits him with a, with one of their moves, he rolls outside, which is, I know no one ever brings it up, but it's just a great little thing that he does. And you can't get pinned if you're outside the ring, obviously. I know, of course, this means that Cena's going to do a, a Falls Count Anywhere match with him, and then you know, just beat him anywhere and everywhere. Um, 
But the finish saw Mark Henry let America down. He became another American to choke in the end. He, uh, um, Rusev got back in the ring, hit his jumping super kick, and then slapped on the accolade. It took him a couple tries to get Henry's giant arm over his leg. And it, I'll be honest, it looked like Mark Henry really was in pain for this because I'm a fat guy. Mark Henry's a fat guy. We're not meant to bend backwards too much. Uh, I'll be honest. Um, and Mark Henry tapped. He did not pass out. Mark Henry tapped out to the accolade. Uh, Chris Harrington on Twitter, uh, this just in, Mark Henry deported to Denmark. And we have another caller. Caller, who's this and where are you calling from? Hey, this is Tim. I'm calling from Scranton, PA. Hi, Tim. How are you doing tonight? Well, I have a, a question uh, pertaining to Chris Benoit. Um, uh-huh. Do you feel that his death, like the way he died, was it unfair how WWE sort of memorialized him in a sense of deleting his accomplishments as a wrestler, even though the person was, in fact, a demon? Should we still not ignore the great wrestler that he was? You said this was Tim from Scranton, right? Not Frank from New Jersey? Um, well, uh, Tim, it's impossible to ignore that he was a great wrestler. However, you know, he did what he did. It, you can't argue, you know, killing your wife, killing your seven-year-old son. It, it, really, there should never really be talk of him going into Hall of Fames or anything like that. You know, and I'm sure it was the last thing on his mind that night when it all went down, but he basically ruined his legacy. It was hard for me, Frank, to watch uh, him wrestle uh, at all during, uh, like, for a, for a year afterwards. Cause I, used, I watch every WrestleMania, usually leading up to whatever year's WrestleMania it is, and I could not watch any Chris Benoit matches for at least a year. So I was fast-forwarding through... Benoit versus Angle, Benoit versus Triple H versus Sean, all these great matches. I just couldn't watch them. Is Chris so Frank, Benoit's legacy as popular as Kerry Von Erichs? I think Kerry, you know, that's actually funny. Kerry's probably going to be remembered better, even though Kerry, you know, he did commit suicide there at the very end because Kerry never. He didn't kill anyone. He killed himself, yes. And that's horrible. And yes, he was probably going to go to jail because I think he was arrested for drug possession at that point and jail was going to be the next thing he did. And uh, But you, you can't compare the two. Kerry Von Erich, as, for as much crap as he put into his own body, he only ever really harmed himself. Frank, did you watch the show tonight? Frank, you still there? Ah, oh, great. Ah, oh, Frank got disconnected. Um, yeah, that that was not uh, what did you say, Tim from Scranton. Um, it was our friend Frank, who last week was Kevin from Nevada. Um, maybe uh, next week he'll be Bill from the Jersey Shore. Who knows? Tune in though. Uh, Randy Orton versus Chris Jericho. Um, they made sure to note that between Orton and Jericho, they have won 18 world titles. 
I make sure to note that between Ric Flair and myself, we have won 22 world titles. And, you know, one day I expected, honestly, I sat here and expect, I wrote a lot of these things down waiting for Brian to question me on them. And, of course, Brian is snoozing. So we might get into this a little bit later uh, about how Ric Flair really has 22 titles versus the 16 that they claim. Um, this match, a lot of people call it the match of the night, and you'll make a strong case for it. Sheamus Cesaro was really good. This match was really good. If you want to say either one was the best match of the night, you won't hear any complaints, at least not from me. Um, the match started slow, like a lot of the matches did, um, but really picked up right when Orton flipped off the crowd when he did his draping DDT. Maybe he didn't flip off the crowd, but at least on my end, it looked like he flipped everybody off before he did it. Um, and as I was talking to Bob earlier when he called in, they did that awesome spot when Orton went for the RKO, but Jericho hit him with the code breaker. And even watching it, I'm like, oh my God, Jericho's going to win, Jericho's going to win. Oh, they got us. And hey, if if when you're sitting here and all the smarks are sitting here going, oh, Orton's going to win because it's Jericho's last night in the show, and blah, 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 blah. Well, if you can get somebody to believe something even as simple as that is going to be the finish, they did their job, and they did their job very well. So hats off to Orton and Jericho. Orton did, of course, win with the RKO and snapped his, what did we say, it was six or seven pay-per-view losing streak. Uh, let's see, WrestleMania Extreme Rules, Payback, Money in the Bank, Battleground, uh, SummerSlam, yep six in a row that he lost before tonight. Um, two hours, 59 minutes into the show, Jerry Lawler had some dyed Mountain Dew. And uh, the first time anyone had any Mountain Dew at all from 7 o'clock on. And, you know, I, like they couldn't even just like in between, like during one of the matches, have one of the production guys like pour a little bit out or something. So when they went back, it looked like, hey, look, they actually drank some. No, no. It was, like, I understand Diet Mountain Dew is not a very uh, good-tasting drink, but what can you do? Um, Divas title match. Maybe I'm the one who noticed this. It started right at 10 o'clock, which was the time when a brand-new episode of Total Divas aired on E. And I have no idea what the episode was on Total Divas, um, but... One of their stars was challenging for the belt over on another channel. Uh, before the match, Brie Bella was asked what she thought about it, and she wondered why this was the first time anyone asked her that. I'm wondering why anyone even bothered to ask her that. Um, Brie called Nikki a bitch and was very proud that she called her sister a bitch. I personally wanted her to call Nikki a son of a bitch, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, for the second time, I know Michael Cole made fun of people paying full price. I wrote this match sucked. It really, really sucked. I appear to be in the minority. A lot of people like this match. And maybe they liked it because it was, quote-unquote, good for a girls' match, or good for a match that Nikki Bella was in. I... To be honest, I don't remember too many good Nikki Bella matches, but I was very disappointed in this match myself. It was not... It, it was very bad. Um, a few weeks ago at NXT TakeOver, during the four-way main event, 
They did the uh, stacked-up superplex spot. And out of all the matches in NXT TakeOver, and that had a spot taken from it, and of all the matches on Night of Champions that somebody took a spot from, this match is the one that took a spot from NXT. Um, at least it was Nikki doing the quote-unquote powerbomb spot of that. Uh, I think, I believe, and I should have written it down, shows you how good I am. Brian normally writes this stuff down, or at least has a better memory than it, of it than I do, um, which tells you something. Uh, Nikki Bella gave, I believe, Paige the powerbomb, and Paige gave AJ the superplex, and all in all, it ended up with AJ winning by tap-out. Um, I know people are complaining on Twitter again that they changed the title again, but I, I, I like the idea that AJ and Paige are so evenly matched that every time they wrestle, the other person wins. And I think the only times one of them won two in a row was when AJ came back and she won the title the night after uh, Money in the Bank and then retained the title on uh, Battleground. I think it was the only time either of them won two in a row. Every other time, it was one person wins, the other person wins. One person wins, the other person wins. And this isn't Cena and Orton over the WWE title in 2009, which I think did more to hurt the title than anything else. This is the Divas title. Nobody gives a shit about it. At least they've got a little bit of a storyline and a reason to keep doing this feud. And who knows, maybe AJ and Paige will eventually have a really good match. They haven't had one yet. You know, they should. It. I mean, you see those two, AJ and Paige, AJ's had some really good matches. Paige's had some really good matches. You put the two of them together, they should have a really good match. They haven't. But they'll try again next month, I'm sure, and maybe they'll get it right this time. Ah, WWE title on the line. John Cena challenges Brock Lesnar for the championship. Um, Like I mentioned before, this was not the beating that SummerSlam was because John just was not going to get dropped on his head 16 times again. He got dropped on his head twice, but, you know, they scaled it down a little bit. Um, They did do a lot of the spots. Like I said before, uh, instead of SummerSlam, where Cena ran wild at the beginning and then Brock hit the F5 30 seconds in, it was the other way around, where Brock went wild and then Cena hit the AA 30 seconds in. Um, Brock would hit his suplexes, but it wasn't as easy as it was last month. Cena would have counters for them. Brock, Brock worked the Kimura for most of the match. And if John Cena's tapped at any point in the last 10 years, people may have thought, you know, that could be a finish because... He has made Triple H tap with that, and he's uh, broken the arms of Shawn Michaels and Mark Henry, blah, 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 blah. And But, you know, Brock just, you know, Cena's never going to tap. And he, I, he has to at some point, like just to make people believe he can, I think it was No Way Out 04. I don't know if they were showing just that match on the network or something, but they had it on the network a little while ago, and uh, there was Big Show, Kurt Angle, and John Cena in a three-way with the winner getting the WrestleMania title shot, and Angle won by making John Cena tap to the ankle lock. I was so taken back by seeing that, because I remembered Angle won, and I was pretty sure he won it by beating Cena, but it just... 
blew my mind that he made John Cena tap out. And I think that may be the last time John Cena ever tapped out, legitimately. Uh, They did a match once on Raw with Angle and Cena, and Eric Bischoff was the heel referee and slammed down John Cena's hand to uh, claim a tap out, so to speak. Um, And... But this was the, I think that was the last time he actually legitimately tapped out in a match. Um, you know, just going back and forth, Cena got the STF. Brock would get out of it. Cena hit the AA. Brock would kick out. Brock would hit the F5. Cena would kick out. It was just really good back and forth. It didn't have nearly the heat of any of the prior Brock-Cena matches. Um, but, you know, it was just, as a wrestling match is better than both SummerSlam and the Extreme Rules match from last from two years ago, actually. Um, and Cena hit the fourth AA of the match, put on the STF for, I think, the third time. Brock kept getting the ropes. Brock kept getting the ropes. But Cena kept pulling him back and pulling him back. And finally, it was like the... I think it was sold as, like, this is Brock's last gasp. And he's about to tap when Seth Rollins runs in for the DQ. Uh, Rollins, with the briefcase, attacks Cena, knocks him to the outside. And, of course, like is Rollins cashing in? Yes, Rollins is cashing in. He gives it to the timekeeper. He actually hits Brock with the uh, curb stomp before dragging the referee in. And, like, the referee had his hand up to, like, ring for the bell, and Cena ran in and attacked Seth. And, of course... They did a little back and forth, and Seth ran away. The bell never rang, so Rollins is still Mr. Money in the Bank. Brock wins by disqualification. I'm sorry, Cena wins by disqualification. Brock is still the champion. But where do they go from here? It's The finish of Cena winning by DQ leads you to think Hell in a Cell with uh, Brock, and then Rollins and Ambrose do their match. However... Rollins runs in on this match, making you think, well, they might do a three-way, but why would they do a three-way? Because technically the match never began, Rollins never cashed in, but at the same time, if Brock doesn't tear Seth Rollins' head off, you know, at least verbally tomorrow, someone's got to tear his head off, um, it might be all for naught. And you might think I'm a little crazy for saying this, but it's like, why would they have Seth Rollins run in if Seth Rollins isn't going to have anything to do next month with these two? Unless, and no, I'm just now coming up with this finish off the top of my head. Unless, you know, they do Ambrose and Rollins earlier in the night. They do Hell in a Cell. You can even, like, Ambrose wins, whatever. Ambrose wins, Rollins wins, doesn't matter. Um, they have their match. He finished the show out with Cena versus Brock. And Cena versus Brock have the brutal... Hell in a Cell match. Just, you know, them killing each other. Pick somebody to win. Don't care. Flip a coin. And then afterwards, uh, Seth Rollins, who's hiding underneath the ring the whole match, comes out. And the Hell in a Cell is still down. Still locked. So no one can run in now. And whatever he does, whether he handcuffs Cena to the cage, or just whether Cena wins or loses, whatever... Or just as something. So it's only him and whoever the champion is there in the ring, in the cage, locked in there, cashes in Money in the Bank, wins the belt. 
and then you go to Survivor Series, and you can do a three-way, you can do a four-way. You can have Lesnar now trying to kill both of them. And it's there's a lot of ways you can go next month. And But overall, um, after the non-match, um, Brock hit Cena with the F5 to close the show. And, you know, Cole did make sure to, like, run down everything. So you knew uh, Rollins was still money in the bank, Lesnar was still champion, and Jerry Lawler did his yearly, what do you mean that the bell never rang when uh, the, excuse me, when Rollins tried to cash in? Because that usually happens at least once or twice every year. Um, oh, the bell didn't ring. Oh, what do you mean the bell didn't ring? <sighs> um... So that's it for the show. Personally, it's a thumbs up on my end. Um, definitely, maybe thumbs up in the middle leaning up, but, you know, it was a lot of good wrestling. I enjoyed the show. That's all that matters to me. Um, we go to the uh, predictions that Brian and I made. Um, we'll get into the, a little, this a little bit more uh, on Wednesday, I'm sure. But uh, as you might remember from listening to us on Wednesday, we picked the same people in each match except for two. One was Jericho Orton, where I picked Jericho, he picked Orton, Orton won. And the other was Brock and Cena, where I picked Brock, and Brian picked some sort of a bullshit double disqualification, which I'm not giving it to him. Cena won, so that's that. Um, and right now, when he's listening back to the show tomorrow, he's probably yelling bullshit. Um, by the way, you can listen to the show on iTunes. Um, download us directly to the uh, on iTunes to your Apple device, iPhones, iPads, um, whatever. Listen to us there. Um, or subscribe to our RSS feed if you're like me and don't like Apple. Um, you can listen to us pretty much at any device you own or continue to listen to us on Blog Talk Radio. Last week was our most listened to live show ever. Now, we had, now through archives, we've had other shows that have listened to total more, but this was the most listened to show has it happened and it um total listens to not including anything i put up on youtube or a few weeks ago when we had the show on angrymarks.com outside of that the total listens was the most uh listened to show since the week before SummerSlam. so thank you everyone for listening um gotta take a big deep breath now i've been going here by myself well, by myself, I had a couple of callers. Um, how, what the hell time is it? And, oh, crap, it's 12.02. I haven't had this now for an hour or two minutes, and for some reason I don't have my normal countdown clock. Are we still on the air? Um, <laughs> I hope we're still on the air. Is that, now I'm uh, having to... I hope people are actually hearing this, because I don't have my normal little thing telling me to lose, to drop the show. Um we have a big button that normally says uh, um, end show or stop show, something wacky like that. So right now I'm going on to to blog talk radio to see if, uh, you know, you can still hear the show. And we'll see here in a second. I mean, it says that it should be. Um, and if you hear me in the background in a few seconds, you'll know uh, what's going on. Um Yep, so we're still on the air. Um, so great, just for whatever reason, I'm technically not able to end the show. Great. Um, 
Not that we're going to go too much longer, but, you know, it's our show. Like, after we get done what we actually are supposed to talk about, we bullshit around for a little bit. And I know it's basically me bullshitting with myself, but, hey, who doesn't love listening to me bullshit to myself? Um, I don't know why the hell that's not on there. Go figure. Um, but, anyway, so... No, Chris Jericho is not a sucker, but I can assure you, he is upset. Nice. Oh, ho, 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 ho,
I can tell you that from experience. It really sucks. And, you know, here's hoping the family stays strong and keep everyone on, uh, in the Moody family in your uh, wishes here tonight um, as we finish up with our Night of Champions recap. Um, you know, I, I don't want to end the show on such a low note. Um, I want to try something here. Um, we played We Are the Champions earlier tonight. Um, let me play something for fun here. Insurrection 2000. As I noted earlier, I am about an hour or so into it, and I'm amazed at some of these matches, um, mostly because a lot of these matches even happened. Um, like, a lot of these matches had no storyline at all. Um, yet, Kane versus Bull Buchanan, which had, a, I guess, a small storyline. We'll get to that here. Um, on Wednesday, Road Dog versus Bradshaw. Um, they had a match. Dudley's versus Rikishi and Show Kishi. That was a match. We'll talk about Big Show in a thong. We'll talk about give, him giving uh, Bubba Ray Dudley the stink face. And yes, we'll be talking about Shane McMahon challenging for the World Wrestling Federation Championship in a triple threat match. Uh, this coming Wednesday night at 10 p.m. Um, but, you know, that song means only one thing. We're about finished here for tonight. I want to thank everyone for listening. Thanks to both Frank and Bob for calling in earlier and making this show even better than it would have been without them. And hopefully Brian is sleeping and while we listen to the show is reminded that I can do it without him. <laughs> Good night, everyone.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.